Hi, and welcome to Wednesdays in the Word. I'm John Seipert, pastor of Preston Highlands Baptist Church in Dallas, Texas. On this podcast, I'll be addressing questions that members of our church have sent in regarding the sermon I preached last Sunday. If you'd like to listen to previous sermons, go to PrestonHighlands.org. Or if you'd like to send in a question, you can email it to john at PrestonHighlands.org. we've continued in our series on the church the last couple of weeks i've talked about the church's leaders and i've talked about how the new testament only gives two offices or two positions in the church for leaders uh, namely shepherds and servants or elders and deacons two weeks ago i talked about the church's shepherds or elders and then this past sunday i talked about the church's servants or deacons And I began last week by talking about how everything in the church must reflect Jesus to the world. And this is especially important when it comes to the church's leaders, the elders and the deacons. Why? Because the leaders will usually be the most visible part of the church to the world. And so the Bible says that they must be a certain kind of person. They will be examples to the flock and examples to the world of what it looks like to follow Jesus. And so the church's leaders, namely the elders and the deacons, must be a certain kind of person, must meet certain requirements, must meet certain qualifications. It doesn't mean they're perfect. doesn't mean they don't have uh, deeply flawed areas of their lives. You know, it doesn't mean they don't make mistakes. They do. They're, they're sinners and they're frail and they're weak, just like everyone else. But they are growing in godliness they are walking in the spirit their their ministries are bearing fruit and they're maturing they're mature and maturing in the faith thus qualifying them for leadership in the church so we discussed last sunday the qualifications for deacons and um how they overlapped somewhat with the elders and we looked at some of the differences as well we talked about why here in our church we think women can be deacons Um, and we also talked about how the deacons and elders relate to one another several good questions came in about this week's sermon i'll try to get to three of them in our time together today the first question is why do so many churches especially baptist churches it seems have deacons governing the church instead of elders Why do so many churches, especially Baptist churches, have deacons governing the church instead of elders? This is a great question, very perceptive question on uh, kind of the landscape of Baptist churches in America, especially in the South. I'm not sure exactly when this started happening, when a lot of Baptist churches started having deacons governing the church instead of elders. And by the way, back to last week. Uh, Scripture is clear that elders are vested with the governing authority in the church. Now, uh, that doesn't mean they have ultimate authority. Uh, The Lord Jesus is the ultimate authority, and under him, the congregation exercises authority to receive and dismiss members and to do church discipline and to install church leaders. More on congregationalism in a few weeks. Uh, But the congregation is to be ruled, governed, led by elders. And that's going to look different in each church. And uh, I argued that in our church, the elders lead by feeding the church and uh, governing the churches, much of the church's administrative 
decision making is is with the elders uh, freeing up the church for the work of the ministry. So I don't know exactly when the deacons became kind of this governing body in the church in so many Baptist churches. I'm not sure historically when that when that happened. Um, I would guess it was somewhere around the middle of the 20th century. So last century. For various reasons, many Baptist churches, maybe most Baptist churches, moved away from historic Baptist polity or what's usually called elder-led congregationalism. And, and this is the polity that, that our church operates under, elder-led congregationalism, and moved towards, many churches moved away from that and moved towards all kinds of unhealthy and unbiblical models of church government. I think the church growth movement of the 70s, 80s, and 90s, and still with us today, encouraged lots of churches to focus entirely on getting as many people into the building as possible. And that left things like polity and membership and discipline and sometimes the gospel <laughs> over to the side. And uh, it also led a lot of churches to adopt leadership models from the corporate world because churches became more programmatic more event-driven than people-driven uh, or relationship-driven. And so leadership mod models began to reflect more of kind of a, a corporation that, that had uh, a large body of people to oversee. Uh, this is why a lot of churches even today are still led by the senior pastor and sometimes his staff, where, where the senior pastor and the staff are the decision-making uh, decision-makers in the church, and we might call this the CEO model. There are other many, many other churches, though, back to the question, that are led by the deacons. The deacons become the governing body of the church, and the pastor, sadly, is basically asked to do whatever the deacons want him to do. And part of this, by the way, is we pastors, <laughs> us who are pastors, are our own fault because so many pastors go to a church, go to a new church, and they only stay there for a couple of years, and then they move on to another church, and they stay there for a couple of years, and they move on to another church, and then they move on. And so a lot of Baptist pastors might pastor three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten churches over the course of their ministry. And that's not always necessarily wrong, by the way, but what it has created is, in many churches, is a kind of a need to protect themselves. And so if a church gets a new pastor every few years, then naturally that church is going to develop leadership structures that seek to protect themselves. They know that this guy is coming in. He's only going to be here for a few years. And so um, they're tired of changing everything every two or three years. And so they circle the wagons and the deacons start calling the shots and telling the pastor what to do because they know the pastor is going to be gone a few years. So uh, longer tenured pastors um, create health in churches for so many reasons. And one of the ways is it, 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 it leads to, I think, better polity. It, it can create better systems of church government. When our church transitioned to an elder-led system of government back in the fall of 2015, our bylaws at that time uh, stated that we were uh, we had a church management board that was made up of various individuals, um, men and women, and then we had deacons who worked with the pastor and the management board to lead the church. It was all very confusing, 
honestly, and uh, and and not extremely biblical. So what what we were able to do several years ago is move our church not only back to the Bible and, and what I would say is biblical polity, but also back to our roots as a church. As I started studying the history of our church, Preston Highlands used to be Renner Baptist Church. Renner was organized. Renner Baptist was organized in the Renner Schoolhouse on Saturday, September 6th, 1890, with 16 members. Now, interestingly, these members are listed out on a piece of paper. And beside the name of two of the members is the word elder. So it says J.J. Butler, comma, elder, R.F. Butler, comma, elder. So this group of 16 folks recognize these two men as their elders. R.F. Butler was apparently the primary preacher, and they had a nickname for him. They called R.F. Uncle Snort because of his manner of preaching. And I just found it so helpful and instructive and encouraging, not only to me, but to our church five, six, seven years ago uh, when we were transitioning to an elder-led system of government, that we were going back to our roots. We were going back to a type of government that we started with. Most Baptist churches in the you know, 17th century, 18th century, 19th century were elder led, were governed by elders, not deacons. And so 131 years later here at Preston Highlands, we still believe that. And we believe that's the biblical model of polity, that churches should be governed by elders, not by deacons. Now, if you'd like to dig a little bit deeper into this, Mark Dever has a chapter in the book Baptist Foundations called Elders and Deacons in History. Elders and Deacons in History, if you want to dig a little bit deeper. And I think that that uh, book is in our church library. If it's not, it's in my library and you can borrow mine. Now, the second question is, if I want to be a deacon, what next steps should I take towards becoming one? Is it wrong to want to be a deacon? And I would just say, no, emphatically, no, it's not wrong to want to be a deacon. In fact, the first qualification for elders in 1 Timothy 3.1 is that they must aspire to the office. And I don't see why the same wouldn't apply to deacons. If elders must aspire, must want to be elders before they can be elders, then it makes sense that a deacon should want to be a deacon before they become a deacon. Now, I know our motives can be tricky things and selfish ambition and godly ambition are often intertwined and we need to pray through that we need to uh, be honest with ourselves about what our motives are what we're truly hoping to accomplish why we want the office why we want to do the work we need to think through that pray through that uh, now perhaps the best next step after you've decided you want to do this and you think it's a godly impulse is as you pray through those motives, you pray through those desires you have, then I think the best next step is to go talk to the elders about what you're thinking. Let the elders help you think through the nature of the office, the nature of deacons, the qualifications for deacons, and let them help you think through the specific area of the church you'd like to serve in. You may also want to talk to one or two other brothers or sisters in the church who know you well to see if they see something that you don't so that you can get their feedback and their prayers uh, as you think through being a deacon. You'll definitely want to study 1 Timothy 3, 8 through 13 closely. Those are the deacon qualifications. See if your life lines up with those qualifications listed. 
you may want to read some stuff about deacons that can help clarify some of your thinking. You may wonder, um, man, what is a deacon even supposed to be and do? I, I know John just preached on it, but I'm still pretty unclear on what what deacons do and what they are. Well, I'd encourage you to pick up Alexander Strauch's book, Paul's Vision for the Deacons. Paul's Vision for the Deacons. That's in our church library. There's also a Nine Marks journal devoted entirely to the topic of de deacons, and that can be found at ninemarks.org. I'll try to put these resources on the notes for this episode, by the way. So talk to the elders. Think about your motives. Pray and talk with some brothers and sisters that know you well. and. Study 1 Timothy 3, 8 through, 8 through 13, and look at those qualifications and see how your life lines up to them. And, and dig into some other resources about deaconing um, in order to discern whether or not God is indeed calling you to that ministry. Now, the third question, last question I'd like to look at is, how do you decide which areas of the church need or require deacons over them? How do you decide which areas of the church need or require deacons over them? Well, the way it works in our church is that elders nominate people for positions of leadership, and then the church must affirm them, must vote on them. So uh, the elders are a big part of that process, but also the congregation. So one thing we do, I do it once or twice a year, is I'll just say to the church, hey, if there's somebody you think would be a good deacon in a particular area of our church, or if you're thinking about being a deacon, then please come talk to the elders. Come see us. We'd love to talk to you about that. If there's an, a need in the church that we're not seeing or that's not on our radar, then please come talk to us about that. Let's think through that and see how we might serve that area. Maybe that area needs a deacon and we can move towards that. So that's kind of how the process works in, in our church. Um, what I said on Sunday in Sunday's sermon is that deacons are qualified people who gladly assist the elders by carrying out various ministries focused on meeting specific physical needs within the church for the sake of the unity of the church so that the proclamation of the word isn't hindered so that the, the elders work of shepherding through the word and prayer isn't hindered. So the way our elders think about what areas need a deacon over them in our churches by looking at what physical needs in the church have grown up to the extent that they need specific leadership. So if there's an area that's becoming more and more of a need, then we try to see that. And sometimes we don't. That's why we ask for the congregation's feedback. And we try to notice that and see that and address that. We also are looking for areas of the church that need specific church leadership in order to preserve the unity of the church. And so when we, the elders, notice that a physical need in the church is starting to take us away, us being the elders, from our main work of shepherding, when we start to consider whether we should recommend a church, uh, the church to place a deacon over that area. Or when we the, er, uh, we, the elders, start noticing a physical need in the church starting to create rifts in the church or disunity in the church, then we'll start considering whether we should recommend that the church place a deacon over that area. For example, one area in our church that has recently required more and more time and attention from the elders is the process of bringing new members into the church. By God's grace, we've had a handful of people join the church over the last six months or a year, and the process is um, uh, uh, quite a, an involved process. It takes a lot of administrative and logistical coordinating. There's 
interviews that need to happen, documents that need to be signed. There's scheduling, you know, there's meetings, there's classes that have to be attended. There's testimonies that need to be uh, given. There's pictures that need to be taken. There's so many different little pieces that need to fall into place as someone is brought into our church as a new member. And it, it frankly takes a lot of work. And so the elders have considered whether a deacon could do this work um, more effectively and more efficiently than we, the elders, primarily me, uh, so that I'm freed up to focus on my work of teaching and preaching and shepherding. We don't know whether we will have that deacon or not, but it's an example. This is an example of an, a physical need in the church and kind of an administrative need that that a qualified individual could could do and assist the elders by relieving them of this administrative burden. Churches will always have some needs uh, like financial accounting, you know, uh, like member care. These things will always be there. Benevolence ministries will always be a part of the church. They should always be part of the church. But some needs will come and go as the church grows and it's and it's changing. And, you know, the, a church's life uh, has seasons and different seasons of the church's life. There may be a need for a deacon or two or three or more. Than at other times uh, of the church's life and ministry. So if you're a church member at Preston Highlands, you see a need in our church that could possibly be well served by a deacon or deaconess, please, please let the elders know. Let us know what you're seeing, what you're thinking. We'd love to, we'd love to talk with you about that. So to summarize, the way that the elders here in our church think through which areas of the church need a deacon over them is that we're always on the lookout for what physical needs in the church are threatening the unity of the church by going unmet or what needs in the church are crouching in on our shepherding ministry. And we also ask our congregation to let us know what needs they see in the church, uh, what needs they think could be well served by a deacon or deaconess. That's all for this episode of Wednesdays in the Word. Thanks for sending in your questions. If you want to listen to previous sermons, go to PrestonHighlands.org. Or if you'd like to send in a question, you can email it to John at PrestonHighlands.org. Until next week, may God use all of us for His glory in this generation.